the human person can go about three weeks without food and roughly three to four days uh, without water. And so satisfying this appetite for food is essential to our very existence, let alone to our flourishing. We need to be healthy in order to live well and happily. And there's also uh, other types of uh, natural ends for which we are created that we must uh, satisfy in order to live a meaningful and fulfilling life, such as marriage and procreation, having friendships, seeking truth and education. All of these things are, are wired into our hearts that we as humans naturally desire to pursue. And our happiness in life is dependent on whether or not we fulfill these natural ends for which we are created. And the same goes for everything in creation. A bird chirps, eats worms, lays eggs, and it fulfills the end for which it is created. A cow moos and provides milk and meat, and it, in that way, fulfills the ends of its existence. A dog barks and is a friend of man, and it too fulfills the meaning and end of its existence. And all of these things, in doing that, give perfect glory and praise to God. They don't need to do any more. Even an inanimate object, a tree, just sits there and grows and provides shade and shelter. And in doing that, it fulfills its end and glorifies God. Even the rock in the forest, by just existing, fulfills the end for which it is created and gives glory to God according to its capacity. Now the problem is for us human beings, attaining these natural ends of our existence never fully satisfies us. So even if you enjoy a five-star dinner, you want more, you want to do it again. Or you marry the love of your life, or you get a PhD from Harvard, you still want more. None of those things will totally fulfill us or complete our happiness. We always desire more, no matter what it is in life. And that is because we are made for more. We are made in the image of God distinct from the rest of creation. And so we have that aspect of our soul that is imprinted directly by God. And so we have not only these natural ends that we must fulfill, but we also have a supernatural end, a supernatural eternal meaning of our existence. We have this spiritual hunger for God, 
hardwired into our very souls. And it is, of course, Jesus Christ who reveals to us that supernatural fulfillment of all these natural ends of our life. And so even something like marriage now takes on its ultimate meaning in symbolizing the wedding feast of heaven. The pursuit of truth finds its fullness in the truth with a capital T, Jesus Christ, and so forth. To help us fulfill this hunger, God sent his son and is now present and close to us in many ways. Most fundamentally, he dwells through his Holy Spirit in the deepest core of our hearts. And by the Holy Spirit, by baptism, we can call on God anytime, anywhere. But God in his mercy has given us even more because God sees that we are bodily creatures. We are body and soul. And so we need not just spiritual realities, but physical realities to remind us of God. We are in need of physical human encounters. And so he has given us the real presence, not only of the Holy Spirit, but of Jesus Christ as food consumed in our bodies and for the nourishment of our souls. In the Eucharist is the abiding presence of Jesus Christ so that the mystery of the incarnation from 2,000 years ago is prolonged and extended throughout the ages. And this is the mystery of Christ's body and blood that we celebrate today. There is no possible greater abiding presence of God among us than the fullness of Christ's own body, blood, soul, and divinity in the Eucharist. And there is no possible greater intimacy with God on earth than to be able to take that real presence under a physical sign into our very bodies. It perhaps would be easier, we might think, if after a few days or weeks, our bodies would feel the effects of lack of communion with God, just as the body does after a few days without physical nourishment. But God created us with total freedom. And so he desires that we seek him, not out of physical necessity, like food, but in a fully free act of faith and love. God made us for himself, and by the Eucharist, he allows our bodies to become actual dwelling places for his divinity, just like the tabernacle at the altar. And since Eucharist literally means thanksgiving in Greek, let us give thanks and honor to God today in a special way for his abiding presence among us. The final verse of the great Eucharistic hymn by St. Thomas Aquinas goes as follows. Jesus, whom I now see hidden in the Eucharist, I ask you to fulfill what I so desire, 
that on seeing you face to face in the Eucharist, I may be happy in seeing your glory. Amen. Thanks for listening to Within the Walls of St. Paul's Sunday Homilies. Please consider supporting us by visiting stpaulparish.org. That's stpaulparish.org. God bless and see you next time.